0: one and all ladies and gentlemen plants, animals, minerals, vegetables all you uh, all you fine folks out there to episode 132 of the Throwdown Thursday and this is our year end review show so it's going to be a little different but one thing that's not different is that I am as always joined by the mistress of Milo, the real housewife of Transylvania and the Michael Phelps of Vino. It's
1: Happy New Year, everyone.
0: That's right. It is now twenty nineteen at this point.
1: It is twenty nineteen. It's not twenty eighteen anymore.
0: Hopefully this is a better year than last year and the year before. I just
2: keep going. Um
1: How come you're so quiet?
2: I, I don't know. Are, are we whispering this
1: episode? Are we are we Am having I? an NPR <laughs> episode?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. You're listening to TTP132. <laughs>
0: That, of course, is the hardest working man in podcasting, producer extraordinaire Johnny Wolfenstein.
2: Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Subscribe now and get a free tote bag.
2: <laughs> you guys have tote bags?
0: Oh, hopefully. Well, we're hoping to have some, some merchandise out this year. Merchandising. Where <laughs> the real money from the picture is made. Throw down Thursday, the flamethrower. That's what
2: I want. <laughs>
1: Patsy the Angry Nerd the Doll. I like sharks. <laughs>
0: uh, but today, instead of uh, you know specifically concentrating on any one character, we're going to be talking about the A characters. lot of
3: characters. Yeah, the
0: characters, the guests, uh, the specific shows that we enjoyed uh, over awesome the years. Awesome
1: stuff that happened this past year. Friends we
0: made, uh, places we went to uh things we saw
1: it's gonna be a pretty rad review show
0: i think so so well maybe that's the title the rad review show i don't know that's kind of lame that is lame but uh hey you said it not me
1: well i i didn't say it as like a hey this should be the title of the show
0: so what do you what do you want to start off with cuz we got a lot of stuff to cover. We have a lot of feedbacks as well, too. We so. do.
1: We have so much stuff. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. So I
0: want to thank everyone in advance for sending us in the feedback.
1: So I think what we should do is start out by talking about just the show in general. What were some of your favorite guests from this past year? And what were some of your favorite episodes?
0: Well, favorite guests, that's fairly easy. We had a a lot of first-time guests on and favorite episodes. We might have some overlap here, but uh, I'm going to say that some of my favorite guests um, were from the Somebody's Network. I mean, we got to talk to Miles and Richie. Then we got to talk to Miles by himself and Richie by himself, covering a couple other episodes. We got to talk with uh simpsons writer mike price a couple of times we interviewed malcolm mcdowell which was pretty friggin cool you know we had a few uh interviews at rock and track that we got got a chance to speak with folks um really got to know uh bill fulkerson and
1: kyle cookta from uh
0: outside the cinema and survival of the film
1: freaks i'm very excited to see that documentary i am
0: as well
2: uh, I hear there's uh two guys in it that uh really steal the show though.
0: Yeah, uh Sam Raimi and
2: uh <laughs> No Sam's not in it. Ted uh, Ted is. Ramey. Yes. Ted Raimi and Joe Bob Briggs. That's who I meant. <laughs> 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 and two guys who really bring down the real estate.
0: <laughs> um what else did we do? We uh we had our amazing, super awesome. Infinity War extravaganza! Oh my god, that
1: was crazy! That two part episode that with sixty people on it, just which I believe we may uh, do again for the End Game.
2: Yes. Oh, I think you guys gotta.
0: I I think we have.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we have to. So we we already have people really, really, really excited about joining us. Well, there's there's
0: a lot of stuff coming out this year that we've already kind of. At least made tentative plans with people. Like, we've got a bunch of Game of Thrones stuff to talk about because mm-hmm. it's the final season. Um, we've got a bunch. We've got some Godzilla stuff we need to talk about. So
1: many monsters.
0: We've got uh, Glass coming out in a few weeks.
1: Yep. Um, we have Captain Marvel with the return of Agent Nicole.
0: Yep. Um, we've got what the hell else is coming out next year? There's like, a lot of there's stuff.
1: There's so much. Like, 2018 was fantastic for entertainment, but there is so much stuff coming out in 2019. Like, I, I feel like we're going to have some of our best episodes this year.
0: Yeah, and I think we're going to have a, a really good returning cast of characters from our uh, our uh, our last, or this past year's shows. But, you know, we're also going to be introducing a lot of, of new folks and you know based on some of the feedback we have we could have some really interesting shows coming up and i know there's a lot of other folks that want to join with us that maybe not specifically um uh, lift uh, you know left voicemails or, or emails or anything but i know are interested in joining the show um
1: and there's also a lot of people who we want to have on the show as well so yes
0: so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but yeah, those are some of my favorite episodes. Obviously, um, no disrespect to anyone else, uh, because I've enjoyed all the guests we've had and all the 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 new folks and all the stuff that we've talked about. But maybe my favorite episode of the year was uh, episode one hundred and one, where we discussed megalodon with the you know the
1: pretty much the entire cast. Yeah, uh, you know and Dominic we,
0: Pace, Ego we... Makitas, Elizabeth Cron, Carolyn Harris, and. Um, um, Paulina Laurent who I also interviewed about her movie uh, Triassic World so that was a lot of fun
1: yeah, cannot thank Dominic Pace enough for setting that up and continuing to have correspondence with us. He's yeah. been absolutely wonderful.
0: Yeah, he's been a um, great guy. I
1: cannot wait to see what he has coming up. I follow him on Instagram. He's posted some very interesting like screenshots he and He recently got his 100th IMDb um, credit. That's incredible.
0: Um and again, you know, I keep tr- I keep in touch with a lot of these folks. Um,
1: I'm very eager to see even what if a just, lot of these people have coming up.
0: Even if it's just like a, a, a like on social media, I still hear a lot from, uh, again, Paulina and Carolyn. And,
1: and that's Ego something that and I, Amy, I, Amy they Stolte. were a part of something that was so different for sci-fi and so different for Asylum. Yes. And in my opinion, Megalodon was better than the Meg. Oh,
0: yeah, easily. I, I say... Um,
1: the story was better. The execution,
0: um, I think, was better.
1: Yeah. the I thought the action if you, was better as well.
0: The character development was so much better.
1: It was more believable.
0: Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the Meg. I, it was fun. I did get a chance to interview Steve Alton, who who uh, who wrote the story and all the subsequent books, and he was very nice. Um. I think
1: which and those are some of your favorite books as yes, well. Yes,
0: they're very well written. There's a lot of good science plus giant sharks. So how can you go wrong? But there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of Hollywoodization, you know, kind of trying to make it into a big summer blockbuster. When I think it could have been um, like a more serious, you know, you know, you can have the action, but it can also be more serious, kind of like The Martian. Um, but I think the one thing that the Meg lacked because of the uh, dedication to the action scenes was the real character development that you got to see in, in, uh, in Megalodon because, I mean, the interplay between Dominic Pace and Eagle Mikidas as Captain Streeper and Captain Ivanov was amazing and you know the fight scene between uh carolyn harris and amy Stolte, like that was just fantastic Mm -hmm. and like they really had a great screen presence but i think that might have been my favorite episode of the year
1: it was it was such a different episode for us and being able to talk to the cast about the characters that they portrayed um you know instead of doing like a a character synopsis to be able to ask them questions firsthand and you know get Answers about how they approached these characters. And kind of, you know, uh, the movie hadn't been released yet, so, you know, they could tell us some things and they could kind of give us some teasers. Um, But just to be able to have that that personal uh, one-on-one with them was just awesome, and I'm so excited, you know, and happy that we had that opportunity to share that with all of you guys as well.
0: And I will, I just want to point out one thing, and this wasn't something that I originally took credit for, but I'm going to because someone else gave us credit for it. Uh, The night that it premiered, Megalodon was the number one movie on cable, and uh, James Thomas, the director, gave us credit for promoting it so much. I mean, to the point where I I reviewed it for the site I write for, com, and it was the number one read article on that site for for the month of August with almost 2,000 views, which is pretty cool. And uh, even the Asylum tweeted the article out. Not like retweeted one of my tweets, but like tweeted out the article, like the link to my article. And I thought that was so cool. So I, you know, because of all the experience that I got with that, uh, with the film and with the cast and like all the stuff that you, you you folks who were in the film and associated with the film, uh, you know, all the interactions we've had over the past year, I think that's what makes it my, my favorite episode. How about you?
1: Um, well, yeah, the Megalodon episode was just – it's definitely up there as one of my most favorite things, like, ever that we've ever done on this podcast – Um, You know, and to be able to have, you know, correspondence with them, uh, the cast still is just fantastic. They're all just wonderful, wonderful people. And like I said, we cannot wait to see what they have coming up. I hope that they keep in touch with us and let us know. You know, we'd love to promote their stuff some more. And, you know, uh, a a lot of promising actors and actresses. Um, I loved the fact that we made a lot of friends this year and we're able oh, to have yeah. our friends on the show like Miles and Richie both together and you know apart respectively um you know from the best darn diddly podcast we had the derailers on for two crazy Wayne's
0: world and speed
1: adhd filled episodes that were just fantastic and they had a, us on. a lot of fun yeah and then they had us on their show um definitely if you haven't checked them out already, check out the Durellers podcast. Uh they're just a lot of fun. And Best
0: Darn Diddley. Um,
1: you know, yeah, and Best Iron Diddly. Uh, pretty much every podcast on the Somebodies search, Network.
0: Search for the hashtag somebodies. Yes. S O M E B U D D I E S.
1: Um, every podcast on the Somebodies Network is a quality podcast that has just wonderful hosts and wonderful content. I mean we got and,
0: we got a, a from from Ocho from the Ocho and and Ocho Wrestling podcast we and Drunk Discussions we got we got a nice uh, little Christmas care package with mm-hmm. some stickers and some coasters. Uh, the Grave Girls podcast sent us some stickers. Uh, they're not technically part of our network, but they're. But there some a some pretty group that we met through them. Chicks and yes. uh,
1: definitely check them out. Um, women in horror, I love it. Can't get enough mm-hmm. of it. Um yeah I think I think some of the episodes that you know some of my favorite episodes that we've done this year are just episodes where we talk about characters that we really love and really enjoy. Yes. I, know, I know that sounds like such a generic answer yes. but but it is. You know like when we um had well we had our f- no not our first Game of Thrones episode but our first like major character Game of Thrones episode this past year we talk about Daenerys Targaryen That was a really good episode, you know, with Spicy Kristen and Agent Nicole and Saucy Sandy. Sandy. Um, You know, being able to have some of my best girlfriends on the show is, you know, just I love it. Yeah.
0: And we you know, we've been trying to take a little more thematic approaches with some of them. Like Mm -hmm. we did the uh, back to back Gwendolyn Christie episodes. Yeah. uh, With Brienne of Tarth and uh, Captain Phasma. We uh we delved into some more stuff. Uh a lot of a lot of the shows we did we did for um you know, upcoming releases. You know, like, you know, again, Avengers, uh, Predator.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. And we covered some different different characters like the marvelous Miss Maisel. um, we did uh,
1: Keanu Reeves.
0: We did a couple Speed. of Speed.
1: I I had never seen Speed, and that's yep. one of the things I love about this podcast. About doing this podcast is kind of like expanding my repertoire. Um, you know, watching things, reading things, uh, talking about things that I wouldn't normally talk about.
0: Right, like Predator. Like we got to see. You know, we picked up all three Predator films. You know, prior to the new one you know, coming out, I,
1: I've I've realized that I enjoy a lot more things than I thought that I would. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, you're broadening your horizons, and that's part of like what the main goal of the show is. Is you know, maybe talk about a character that you wouldn't normally talk about. You know, and we've got a lot of stuff. You know, we had uh we had our our buddy jeremy mcfarlane on to talk about the thing you know we got to Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or rj mccready from the thing so we got to kind of build in i will say one thing that i was not overly thrilled about with this year is that almost every time we covered a character right afterwards there would be there's a couple of channels that i like to follow (laughs) like Cinefix, they do a a series called What's the Difference where they talk about movie and book, which is where I got a lot of my information from the Hans Gruber episode. And they also do a series called Seven Things You Didn't Know. And, you know, again, they did that for Die Hard as well. But every time we do something like this, you know, when we covered The Thing, you know, we covered McCready, the day after we recorded... There was, you know, an episode of that film theory from what culture all about the thing. And it had some amazing information that would have been so great to have (laughs) because it posited a theory that McCready was a thing at the end of the film. You know, which I had not heard before. It's, It's always like, you know, Childs is the thing because he drinks the gasoline and the Molotov cocktail. There's... This happened probably a dozen times this year where as soon as we covered a character the next day, one of those, one of these episodes dropped. So it's like, oh, but it also gave us, you know, stuff to talk about later on. And, you know, sometimes it was a theory that we brought up that we would see somebody else talk about, which is kind of cool. Um. Yeah, I I think it's been it's been a very productive and eventful year.
1: Yeah, a, a lot has happened, and we watched a lot of stuff. So let me ask you, what was your favorite movie release this year?
0: Um, that's tough. Um, probably because this is going to play into a, a a bit of a. a a discussion we're going to have a little later on about some of our favorite characters. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of things that got released that I was very much looking forward to. I finally got to see, like, The Cloverfield Paradox. Which came out literally right after the Super Bowl. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. As soon as the Super
0: Bowl ended, that movie came out. Black Panther. That was great. Um, I really enjoyed... Obviously, um, a quiet place. I really enjoyed uh, Infinity War. We did just go see Mary Poppins, and I okay, really but but liked I didn't it. ask
1: which ones you enjoyed. I asked what was your I'm, favorite film of twenty eighteen. I'm trying
0: to to narrow it down, but I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say. Uh, Infinity War. I was
1: going to say you, you probably say Infinity War because that's what you were most looking forward to.
0: Yes, Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Infinity War. How about you?
1: Mary Poppins. Yeah, I figured Mary Poppins returns hands down. Obviously, I'm biased, but that was a movie I was looking forward to. Um, no spoilers, but it definitely held up, and I cried about eight times. So um, There's yes, more like forty. I, I I cried a lot. Okay, a, a lot. Um, but it was worth it, and I can't wait to see it again. So I will be seeing it again. I'm, I'm going to probably see it like at least another five times in the theater. Um, very well done. But yeah, hands down, Mary Poppins. Yeah. So, what was your favorite TV show of this year?
0: Are we talking new TV show or new season well, of a new e- TV well, either, show? Either, either or. Uh, I really, I'm gonna have to say, as much as I have enjoyed this newest season of. F is for family. I think I got to go with Disenchantment. Disenchantment was so fun. We've watched it like three times
1: already. It was a really good season. Um, so, well, a, a kickoff to the series as well. Yes. Yeah. Was- so, And that's on Netflix. And Netflix actually uh, did my favorite new series of this year, which is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I thought they did such a really good job with it. I love it. Um, It's a toss up between that and the curious creations of Christine McConnell. Uh, That one was only, unfortunately, only six episodes long. I would have loved to have had more. I really hope they, they come out with a second season of it. It's campy, it's ridiculous. It gives you some great ideas. Christine McConnell is who I aspire to be. Like, I would love to have the time to actually sit there and create these, you know, creations that she comes up with. These very intricately detailed deliciousness. And, um, yeah, I just thought that Netflix Netflix really did a good job with it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet, but it comes highly recommended by Miss Stephanie Wiley. So um, that's definitely one that I and, think we should check out. Uh,
1: Sabrina obviously is not the Sabrina of the 90s. Um, it's definitely, it's darker. Uh, it's a completely different story. Um, I know that there's a lot of controversy behind certain subject matters of the the show but it's just i just think it's fun you know i think it's a lot of fun i think the characters are great um i'm actually going to talk about this a little bit more uh after the break but i just think it's 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 so well done and i can't wait to see where they take the story yes um so yeah, what yeah, about this, we yeah. went to a lot of concerts this year too yeah, what was your favorite yeah. concert
0: um, I'm going to say probably because it has, it had a little more emotional res- resonance because it was the last time it was going to happen, uh, warp Tour, yes. the last warp Tour in Mansfield at the Xfinity Center.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Um, we saw some great bands there, despite being rear-ended on our way. To the show. Somebody um, hit us while we were waiting in traffic. Everyone was over, you know. Everyone was okay, and the car was all right. It was just a little fender bender. Um, it didn't on... even bend.
0: Oh, it was. There was a small indentation of the sc- the bolt from their uh, license plate in your back bumper.
1: Yes, but I was pissed off.
0: Oh, you were. You were. I thought you were going to be fighting bitches. Like you got out of the car, and you were like. This is a new car and the guy's like, "Yeah, this too. I just bought it from my friend." It's like, "No, you dipshit. Like this was brand new off the lot, not like, oh, I bought this from my friend and it has 400,000 miles on it cuz it's an 87." No. That's not what brand new means. Just cuz it's new to you doesn't mean it's brand new. Dipshit.
1: But yeah, I I agree, Warp Tour. There was a lot of um a lot of emotion from, you know, both the attendees and the performers. Um, really sad to see it go, but at the same time, you know, I, I I appreciate it for what it was. I will always cherish the memories of, of Warp Tour, and obviously this is going to open up more opportunities for bands to tour this summer, so I'm, I'm eager to see what happens. I will,
0: in keeping in that same vein, because I don't want to go with the same, uh, the same thing as you, because so I figured you would say that. But another end of an era—the uh, last I'd show at the Cove um, on Rock and Shock Weekend—because uh, unfortunately, due to the the fact that the Pawtucket Red Sox are moving to Worcester, uh, a lot of businesses are now closing, and the Cove is one of those, and so there will be no more deadite shows at the cove because the cove no longer exists so the fact that we were able to be there for that show uh we also get to see Jimmy Gonzalez's uh cinema therapy which was mm-hmm. fucking cool um yeah i'm going to have to i'm going to have to go with that that's that's uh a tie cuz it's again an end of an era and you know obviously all those dudes are our friends you know so Hopefully we uh, we hear more from the deadites I, i'm I'm fairly certain that we will uh, as far as uh, finding new venues and rocking the house down.
1: So speaking of music, something that we you know do talk about on this show uh, every so often. What was your favorite album?
0: Oh, that's easy. The Silver Scream by Ice Nine Kills. I
1: knew you were gonna say that.
0: Yeah, I mean as much as I enjoyed the new Asking Alexandria album that came out at the end of last year, so it was or end of two thousand seventeen. Yes. Uh and we got to see them because they went on tour shortly afterwards. Um and there were a lot of quality soundtracks that came out this year. I I, I gotta go with the Silver Scream. Um that was a great show that we went to the Rock and Shock kickoff party. Yeah, so we got to go to that. That was a lot of fun, and uh, we actually got to interview Spencer, the lead singer. So, yeah, I have to I have to go with that album. It's because of all the puns and wordplay, and you know that type of stuff that I like. Plus, they have a song about Jaws. You know, I I I.
1: Yeah, it's called the Silver Scream, and all of the songs on this album have to do with horror movies,
0: with a little bit of sprinklings from the source material. Um, the The Shining song, "Enjoy Your Sleigh," uh, they mentioned room two two seventeen, which is the name, which was the room in the book in the movie. It's two thirty seven, mm-hmm. so they they did a little little bit of that. But if you like songs based on books as well they have every trick in the book which features you know the exorcist and carrie and even the diary of anne frank which i find mm-hmm. to be fascinating uh how about you what's your favorite album
1: so obviously the silver scream is a great album highly anticipated did not disappoint and seeing ice nine kills at the rock and Shock kickoff party Again, highly anticipated, did not disappoint. These guys are fantastic, super talented. Um, so that's definitely, like, probably my favorite album of, of this year. But AFI, my all-time favorite band, just released an EP called The Missing Man. And it is just a handful of songs. Um, but anytime time AFI, AFI uh, releases new music, my heart just skips a beat, so...
0: For those of you who are unaware, uh, when we got married, uh, Ashes walked down the aisle to Silver and Cold by AFI.
1: My all-time favorite song. So, yes. Um, Yes, I love these guys. I actually had the opportunity to see them this year. They opened for uh, Rise Against. And, yeah. um, They're just... Davey Havoc is a beautiful man. And
0: how did you obtain... Uh, a tick i was gonna say obtain and procure i almost said obscure how did you uh get the ticket for that
1: well i was debating going for a while but i really didn't have the uh the funds available and uh buddy of ours uh scott goudsward, goudsward of the new england horror writers who's appeared actually, on the show a couple times in uh yeah from from the rock and shock. shock episodes um Yeah, he posted that he had an extra ticket, and he was just looking to get rid of it, like, for free. And I was like, for free? And he was like, yeah. So I said, yeah, I'll take it. Absolutely. We
0: did have to drive a little bit out to get it. Worth it. But, uh, yeah, because I drove.
1: (laughs) worth it. Worth it. And it was fun because, you know, it was only the one ticket. So I went by myself. And it has it's it's been a while since I went to a show solo, and I kind of I mean no, don't get me wrong I love going with my friends I love going with Patsy like it's, it's a different it's, experience I, going by yourself but you know just just being able to just worry about myself and just feel the music and you know it was it was nice it reminded me of you know going to local shows a long time ago so.
0: And we did make it up to Scott by buying him a flashy blue drink on flashy his birthday. Flashy blue
1: drink at Rock and Shock. Yep. On his birthday. Yes. His
0: so. 65th birthday. <laughs> so when you see Scott, make sure you wish him a happy 65th birthday.
1: So we did a lot. We did a lot this year. Yes. Like a lot of stuff. What was your favorite thing that we did?
0: Our f- The favorite thing that like or, the, or or
1: or like the your favorite thing that you did this year?
0: Oh, um, take a
1: nap. No, <laughs> I took a nap once. It well, was one great. of the the
0: coolest experiences we had was we we went to a concert, went and saw Garbage, the same night as uh, Game Two of the World Series and where we saw them, the house of blues is literally across the street from Fenway park. So when we got out, we could hear people cheering and like the game was going. So it's the closest I've ever been to going to a world series game. So that was kind of a cool experience. Um, you know, vicariously. So it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm right here. Like it's the epitome of so close yet so far away. Uh Um, I mean, that was pretty cool. Uh, seeing Garbage was pretty cool. Um, I Honestly, I think just the experience of being welcomed into a group. Because um, I was listening to podcasts. I was looking for a new one to find. And I found a Simpsons podcast called The Best Darn Diddly. And after listening to them, I was like, man, these guys are good. They know their stuff. And I reached out to to Miles. I sent him an email. And I was like, hey, you know. Would you guys be interested in? And this is what I do a lot. I reach out to people and ask them if they want to be on the show, which is how we got the Megalodon show to happen. Because I was posting about how excited I was for a new giant shark movie from Asylum, and Dominic Pace commented on it, and I was like, "Hey, how'd you like to be on my podcast?" And he's like, "Absolutely!" And you know, things just—I don't want to say spiraled out of control, but they snowballed from there, and like now we have this this great. Uh, relationship but the same thing happened with best darn Diddley. and you know miles and richie and i really hit it off and you know we had them on the show and they had a good time and we had a good time with them and then you know they kind of introduced me to some other folks you know like toby from uh secret transmissions and you know crumb and and Bob from the Cretans Guild, and then you know during the year they're like, hey, we should all form a network. They invited me into this massive Twitter direct message group chat, and that's how I met up with the Derailers because I listened to one of the the episode of uh, Marge versus the Monorail where the Derailers were on the show with uh, with uh, Miles and Richie, and that's how I met those guys. And like we hit it off really well, and. It just it turned into this, you know, podcasting network, and now we have all these these awesome friends and these awesome shows that we're constantly trying to promote and and support. You know, we've got you know Adam Gumby, we've got you know uh, the Three R Show, uh, Derailed Wrestling, where we're all uh, characters in WWE Two K 19 and like we have matches that are. Uh, uh, commentated by by Ripken and Goobs from The Derailers. Like, it's, it's really cool. It's, like, a great aspect of my life that, you know, I didn't even think was a thing, you know, six months prior to that. Like, and now we have, like, this whole huge community of podcasts in Texas and, and Canada, and it's really cool, like, getting to talk to these guys. So yeah, I think that might have been, like – the most fun thing that happened, probably just, and I've been saying for years that the podcasting community, like branching out and everybody becoming friends, and and I think that's been the best part of the show. How about you?
1: Meeting Tim Curry, yeah, hands I knew down. That's what you were gonna say? Hands down, best money ever spent. Um, one of the coolest things I've ever had the opportunity to do. He is just magical. He is everything he's everything you think he is he is in real life and I think we talked about it already we on did. the show yeah, so have. I'm not going to delve too much into it but just a magnificent wonderful luminous human being and you know something that I will uh, a memory that I will treasure for the rest of my life
0: yes yeah I would I would say that that you know and Knowing that I got to be part of that, and like just seeing your face, and knowing that you had this interaction with him—that was—it was just you. Like a lot of people had interactions with Tim Curry that day, but this one was yours.
1: Right, like that—that—that's my story. You that's kind of my... like the
0: Full Metal Jacket. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Right. So, yeah, I think that was, I, I figured that's what you were going to say. And uh, it makes a lot of sense because that was, that was pretty fantastic.
1: It was, you know, that, that whole weekend, you know, um, being able to attend the panel the night before. Mm-hmm. And then doing that the following morning. Um, yeah, it just, it was, it was awesome. If you ever have the opportunity to take advantage of of, of something like that. Definitely do it, because you you won't regret it. You won't.
0: And you don't know if you're ever going to have the chance to do it again. Like, I had the opportunity to see George Carlin perform in Worcester, and I wasn't able to go, and a month later, he passed away.
1: Right. So, uh, life I is short. I never got to see Chris Cornell or Michael Jackson And and, you know, um, take advantage of any opportunity that is presented before you, so... So, yeah. yeah, definitely meeting Tim Curry, hands down. Best thing that happened to me this year.
0: Yeah. So, I'd, yeah. So, I think we should take a quick break. Mm-hmm. Come back, kind of gather our thoughts. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite characters of the year. So, I know we were supposed to stick to five, but I have more than that. But
1: Well, I have, I have some honorable mentions. Yeah.
0: So, we cheated a little bit, but... Uh, Yeah, we'll be right back with that in just a minute.
2: Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death? Taxes and trick or treat radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hey, hey hey. Oh yeah. Hey hey hey. Oh yeah. It's like you took <laughs> a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs>
3: It's-a me Giovanni Lombardo Shut up I call
5: bullshit
2: I demand someone To bring me the face Of Lindsay Lohan If
5: I had genitals I would definitely Bang her
6: Oh
2: wait Is she
4: a great Big fan person
3: You just hit the jackpot This is a
4: weird movie Huh
3: It had action It had suspense It had great characters It had great acting I'm
4: gonna strangle you
2: With my jockey shorts
3: I don't like Mobster movies
2: Alright well here's my take You're a sick fuck Thank you Now shut the fuck up and let me talk Have you ever seen 2001 the okay. box right the box and the monkey
6: available on itunes stitcher radio and trick or hey guys this is james thomas director of megalodon and you're listening to throwdown thursday
0: are you tired of the same old pro wrestling then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at
2: powerslam.tv.
0: We've returned, so like we said before the break, we're going to talk about our top five characters of the year. So we've got like thirty or forty characters to go through. So it's as you, if you've listened to the show before, you understand that it's it's hard for us to break down our favorite anythings into a top five list, and I'm sure it, that's true for for most people. So. What I figure we can do is let's get some honorable mentions out of the way. And I think the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to go with, you know, the obvious characters as honorable mentions. And I kind of want to shed some light on some of these other characters that maybe people aren't completely aware of and pick them as my tops.
1: Okay. So do you want to just go through your honorable mentions first and then I'll go through mine? Yes. And then we'll do five, four, three, two, one. 1?
0: Yes. Okay. So my honorable mentions uh, go first to a couple of uh, villains in films this year because they really stepped up. Like last week we talked about one of the best villains of all time in Hans Gruber. And for me, two of the villains that really stood out in films this year were Erik Killmonger from Black Panther and Thanos from uh, Infinity War. Because they're not typical like, oh, I'm just going to kill everybody and establish domination. It's I have a legitimate reason for what I'm doing. With Eric Killmonger, it's he looks at the injustice facing black people all over the world. And it's like, you have this way of stopping this from happening. You have a way of turning the tide. Why won't you do it? You know, and being upset about the injustice. Uh, with Thanos, he makes a good point. You know, and both of these are very, I don't want to say like political messages, but they kind of are. Where, you know, with Thanos talking about getting rid of all the, you know, half of the population of the universe in order to preserve resources, um, and, you know, and Killmonger talking about, I want to level the playing field. Like, it's been the systemic oppression for centuries of a specific race of people just because they are a specific race of people. You know, so you can understand where they're coming from. Like, these guys aren't campy, over-the-top Bond villains. It's like, I'm going to destroy the moon. (laughs) Right. They
1: They weren't villains for the sake of being villainous. They weren't bad guys because they were bad guys. They had the best intentions.
0: They were just clashing and had an alternate point of view to the heroes. Right. Like, I don't consider either of them real villains, but they're portrayed as the antagonists of the film. We'll call them that. We'll call them the antagonists because they're not really villains.
1: But Um, they had actual concerns. Right. You know, which makes them relatable, almost.
0: Exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're very politically motivated. Like, the type type of environment we're seeing this year um and years past you know as far as resources and systematic oppression Mm -hmm. so i mean that's why i don't consider them villains but also they're super mainstream and everyone can everyone's like oh yeah i agree because i saw this movie you know and i own this movie now Uh, i'm also gonna say um as an honorable mention i have a couple more Tom Hardy's portrayal of Eddie Brock and Venom, like, just so good. Just, uh, like, I love Venom. He's one of my favorite characters. Um, I mean, I know we didn't cover Venom, but that was because there was a, there was a, a, a timing issue with all the Rock and Shock stuff going on. We mm-hmm. just didn't get a chance. But we will be covering Venom at some point. You know, maybe we do a series before Spider-Man Homecoming 2 comes out, or Far From Home comes out. And we can talk about some Spider-Man villains. Um, I think he did a great job. I really, really enjoyed seeing Venom. We went, uh, the two of us went with uh, Spicy Kristen on Bargain Tuesday to go see that, and it was awesome. Um, and for my last honorable mention, I'm going to go with uh, Elfo Bean and Lucy from uh, Disen- Disenchantment. Because they were a lot of fun, but again, it's a it's a fairly mainstream like.
1: Hi, I'm Elfo. I'm drowning. I'm Elfo.
0: <laughs> like I, there was a, a poll on Twitter the other day put out by Funko asking you know what TV show should we make characters on next, and Disenchantment was winning. Followed closely, and I did make sure to tag Mike Price and the uh, fifth writers uh, for F is for Family. I voted for F is for family cause I figured disenchantment will get one, but I would love a, a Vic figure holding his iguana thinking he's a dinosaur cause he got into the booger sugar. <laughs> so, um, what are your honorable mentions?
1: Okay. So I have a few, so I'm just going to kind of blast through them a little bit. Um, first up is Rachel Brosnahan as Midge Maisel from the marvelous Miss, Miss Maisel. um, the new season just dropped a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, about a month ago. Yeah, and uh, it's great. The evolution of her character uh, this season is just so fun to watch, and she is making a complete one hundred and eighty from the character she started as. You know, the person that she started as, and God, Rachel Brosnahan is just so good in this role like she really just brings Midge Maisel to life and I just I love her I can't get enough of her I binge watch the second season in the matter of a couple of days I'm probably going to re-watch it because there's it's so witty and it's so well written that uh you can it and it's quick It's quick wit, too. So, you know, a a high rewatch factor because you can pick up on things that you didn't catch the first time around. So I also have Colleen Smith as Rose the Raccoon from The Curious Creations of Christine McConnell. (laughs) Rose is a puppet and uh, she's a puppet. Raccoon trash panda, and god, is she thirsty? Oh, she's so thirsty, and she's so trashy, and she is just absolutely wonderful. Um, she's so, oh, excuse me, <coughs> she's so, fu- <coughs> <coughs> oh my god, it's dry in here. Um, she's so funny, and uh, again, and, and another show that's very well written, and again, it, it's just, I love puppets, I love camp, I love fun and and that's what she is. I also have Miranda Otto and Lucy Davis as Zelda and Hilda Spellman respectively from the uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um Kieran Shipka does a really good job as Sabrina, but there is something about uh her, the 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 aunts. The aunts that are just they steal the scene every time that they're in it. And uh Hilda and Zelda are opposites but they're also yin and yang and they don't like each other but they need each other and I think that it's just a really cool dynamic that uh that they have and uh, I I just uh, uh, it's just good like it's a really good show if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about um very well acted but yeah the the aunts are just are just fantastic um and then rounding out my honorable mentions, I have the Coven witches from the latest season of American Horror Story, which was titled Apocalypse. Um, they brought back a lot of the characters from Coven, which is my favorite season of American Horror Story. A lot of fan service was 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 fed this this season, and I I ate it up. I loved it. Loved every second of it for the most part except for the ending but I'm not going to spoil it for anyone um but primarily uh Sarah Paulson as Cordelia Good <laughs> and Francis Conroy as Myrtle Snow uh you know reprising their role from the 3rd season um oh god I just love them I love them and Cordelia Good is just such a She's such a good leader and such a badass, and and Frances Conroy as Myrtle Snow. Oh God, she's everything. Like Frances Conroy is just everything to begin with, and, and anything that she does. But uh, Myrtle Snow is just one of those characters that'll go down as one of the one of the great television characters. So that's it. Honorable mentions out.
0: Okay. So number five. All right, number five to me is. Uh, Emily Blunt as Evelyn Abbott in A Quiet Place. Um, We know that Emily Blunt is a badass character. Yes. But in this film, she shows what a badass she is without doing an action scene. I mean, I'm discounting the end of the film. Stepping on a nail while you're in labor, nail going through your foot, knowing that you can't make any noise, and then proceeding to sneak up into the house, making sure you don't walk on any bad boards while you're bleeding like you just drove a nail into your foot. I mean, we saw what Daniel Stern did when he got a nail in his foot in Home Alone. Um, and then delivering a baby in a bathtub with a giant monster lurking right outside your door. Uh, that, to me, is more badass than pretty much anything I've ever seen in film. So that's why I'm going to go with her as my n- number five favorite character from the year.
1: So my number five character is also a character from A Quiet Place. I actually chose Millicent Simmons as Regan Abbott. I was so impressed with this young actress's performance. Um, she was probably... She's 15 now, so she was probably what? like 13 when, 13 when they filmed 13 when yeah. they started filming. And... What she was able to bring to the role is just impressive. And she has been deaf since about a year old. She was... um, So essentially
0: since birth. Yes. Because at one, you don't remember stuff like that. Yes,
1: and there are... I mean, obviously, I chose her for personal reasons. Um, You know, it meant a lot to me that they were having a deaf actress play a deaf character because she's able to bring something, something to the role that a hearing actor can't do. You know, um, we can pretend to be deaf, but we don't really know what it's like to be deaf. And the fact that the entire cast not only learned ASL for the film, but they learned it so that they could communicate with her off, you know, uh, on set as well. I just thought was was very, you know, just so touching. And, you know, she wants to play more roles. She wants to do more in Hollywood to show, uh, this is what she said in an interview, to show that deaf people can do, people with disabilities can act and that they can do pretty much anything that a hearing person or able-bodied person can do. And, you know, they have a lot to offer and a lot to bring to the table. And, you know, Hollywood needs to do that. They need to cast disabled people as disabled people. There's really no reason. I mean, there are plenty of, you know, actors out there with disabilities that are looking for work Mm -hmm. and... Hollywood needs to step up to the plate and actually cast them instead of all of these able-bodied actors who, you know, play.
0: Well, I mean, they have a hard enough time casting the proper races for things, you know, but, I mean, that's a that's a discussion for another day. But, no, I agree with you on that one. You know, if you want to get an authentic performance, I mean, granted, you know, you get somebody like uh, Daniel Day-Lewis as uh, Christy Brown in my left foot, you know, that's one thing.
1: Or I mean, you know, and uh, obviously, uh, Eddie Redmayne as Stephen Hawking was, was brilliant. But there were certain
0: things where I think it would be difficult to get someone um, like say if they were to remake Rain Man, getting someone who is autistic at the level that Dustin Hoffman's character was. I know you haven't seen that one. (coughs) but getting someone who is at that level of autistic uh that uh, on that part of the spectrum to take direction in a film yeah but you would could also difficult.
1: cast someone who is on the spectrum right to but they would that. still be
0: playing someone who is you know at a different level you know what i mean like it'd be like casting someone who is legally blind to play someone who is blind
1: right but the, they would at least have a little bit more insight into yeah, no, the character, it, it, it
0: makes sense.
1: Well, well, what I'm just what I'm saying is that there are a lot of give more people opportunities. Exactly, give the right people opportunities.
0: Right, kind of like uh, life goes on with Chris Burke. Yes. So, um, for my number four, I did want to quickly throw. I for, I I wrote this down. And I forgot to say it. Um, a couple of days ago, I watched a movie that I've been dying to see for a long time called Guardians. It's a Russian superhero film, uh, Wolfie. I believe you guys covered that at one point. Uh, it's something I'd been dying to see. Yes, we did. Yep, and it's on Amazon Prime now, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, not the highest budget I've ever seen. Um, it was reminiscent of like League League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as far as like the special effects went, but. That's part of my... Uh, it wasn't a character that came out this... It wasn't characters that came out this year or a movie that came out this year, but I just watched it. Uh, but my number four is from a movie I mentioned earlier in the show. As uh, a character of Hamilton from Cloverfield Paradox, played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw. One of the coolest aspects of this film because of how she embodied the paradox... So well, where she existed in two separate timelines for two separate reasons. And she's got to make all these drastic decisions based on what she knows of both competing, overlapping timelines. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Cloverfield. I don't know. I don't know. Series, I guess, even though they seem to be quite independent of each other. There's a lot of, like, YouTube videos breaking down the timelines and how things kind of connect. But this one seems more like a direct prequel and sequel to the 2008 film uh, than having anything to do with uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Which, I'm not going to get into Cloverfield timelines because my head already hurts. Um but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go with her cuz I thought she was a, I mean that had a lot of good uh a lot of good actors in it uh Daniel Brühl from uh what the hell he's in so, the alienist and he was in um that other movie with the guy that does stuff um he played the sniper in Inglorious Bastards Mr. Nobody he's been in a couple of things Chris O'Dowd who was just mm-hmm. in Mary Poppins and he was in Bridesmaids um
1: it crowd
0: yes yes um a lot a lot of good a lot of good actors in this and i enjoyed it so i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh her is my number four
1: okay so i just realized that my number four is actually the only male on my list um speaking of american horror story i was really impressed With the work of this I guess you can say newcomer Um, He hasn't really done Much Uh, He was in um, The most recent uh, Like American crime Story Uh, I don't want to say like season Because it's like it's own little like mini series But um, the Gianni Versace one uh, He was in, in, in that and excuse me, Ryan Murphy does this thing where if he casts you and he likes you, he will keep casting you. And, uh, he makes friends with those that he, he, you know, works with and will sometimes write roles, you know, specifically for people or, um, you know, he just, he he finds people that he likes to work with and he will continue to work with them. You know, f- through other things. So, uh, Cody Fern as Michael Langdon, the Antichrist in American Horror Story: Apocalypse. Not so much for uh, what he did, kind of like in the current day setting. You know, the apocalyptic, um, you know, underground dwelling. Him trying to take over the Coven setting, but his growing up. But him grow. <clears throat> excuse me, him growing up. Oh my goodness. He played this role in a way that you hated him, but you felt so bad for him because he was doing things, but it really wasn't his fault. It was almost like just it was kind of like the nature versus nurture. He He, wasn't nurtured to be that way, but that's just in his nature.
0: He kind of reminded me of like a combination of like Damien from The Omen and... Uh, Richie Gecko from from Dusk Till Dawn uh, Quentin Tarantino's character where like he'd do these horrific things but be like yeah what's the problem oh well let me come up with a a reason why I did this
1: right like like, he didn't really view what he was affect him right like he really didn't view what he was doing as wrong but he knew that he was hurting the people who loved him around him.
0: Like the scene where he's playing Xbox with a dead priest who's just been murdered with a, a crucifix. Yes. And then, you know, he gets slapped. He's like, oh, what'd I do? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be bad. Right. It's like,
1: hmm. But yeah, the, the flashback scenes of him growing up and him being embraced by the satanic church and... Um, You know, again, there's some controversy around that, but uh, it's all just it's all just fun, guys. Um, You know, he's just he he was just phenomenal. And I really can't wait to see what else this I mean, he's I'm going to say kid, but like he's he's 30. So he's really not a kid. But I can't wait to see what he does next, because he is a very promising, promising actor. And I he's also really not that bad on the eyes either. He's 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 quite the snack, so Yeah, he's a weird looking dude. Yeah, you know, as far as, yeah,
0: But he did such a good
1: looking. job like in this in this series. Like you you hated him but you also loved him for it. So uh I, I thought he was the perfect, perfect villain for for the series.
0: So for my third, it's a character that um, I think more people should be interested in. It's a character that Gary Oldman played um, in a Netflix-exclusive movie with Ed Screen, who is in uh, Daredevil, uh, not Daredevil, Deadpool, as uh, Francis, and he also played... Um, oh, what the hell is his name? Dario Naharis. Dario Naharis in Game of Thrones. I
2: liked him way better as Dario. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I have to say, well, I mean I guess we didn't see as much, but uh, you know, for one season I thought he was awesome. Uh
0: he is a tech genius who kidnaps people because he is working on an AI and one of the people he kidnaps because he's trying to get his AI to learn from humans and learn human interactions, one of the people he kidnaps is oh my god, her name is escaping me. Uh she's the young lady from It Follows. Uh, her name is, wait one second, Micah Monroe. M a i k a. So, it's basically the the three of them the whole movie. And Gary Oldman is the voice of the AI Tau, and he's fantastic. He's so good as the evol- You know, you see the character of Tau evolve over time, and. You know, as as brilliant as Ed Screen is, he's psychotic. Like he has very sociopathic tendencies, and it's it's a fantastic movie. Um, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Uh, definitely check it out. But that's my number three character from the year.
1: Um. So mine, uh, is a bright young lady who actually was involved in two of the biggest films of the year I am talking about Letitia Wright as Shuri I love the character of Shuri so much not only is she the sassy like clapback younger sister of T'Challa what are those um, but she is brilliant and she is not afraid to be smart and it is so important that that is shown.
0: Smarter than uh, Bruce Banner and uh, Tony Stark.
1: And her character, I believe, is is so important to the STEM world and getting young girls interested and involved in STEM because not only do they have dolls and you know action figures of Shuri, but they also have, you know, these these STEM inspired playsets that come with these you know with, with her character. And I know little girls everywhere saw that and were like, Oh, that's so cool. I want to do that. You know, she is responsible for a lot of the technology. Just in about Wakanda. all the
0: technology, yeah.
1: You know, the, the technology that their uh, that their military uses all the
0: suits. All the yep. Black Panther suits.
1: Black Panther is, you know, yes, he's an excellent fighter and he's he's, you know, uh, a, a brilliant superhero. But like, the only reason he's able to do what he can do is because of the technology that she provides him.
0: And she she uh, she cures uh, Ross, uh, Martin Freeman's character. Mm-hmm. You know, fixes him.
1: And she was also uh, crucial in. Uh, Infinity War, as well.
0: Built Bucky's arm. Yeah. Bucky's new arm. Yep. And then the whole thing with vision. Yeah, she's a phenomenal character. And that wasn't even the first time we saw her. The first time we saw her was when we watched Black Mirror. She was in that final episode. Yes. Black Museum, which was awesome.
1: It's one of the best episodes of of Black Mirror. Um, Yeah, she's she's an excellent actor. I cannot wait to see what she does next. But yeah. She uh, Shuri is just a great character, and you know uh, she can fight and stuff as well. But you know she's not. She does fight
0: alongside of uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o.
1: Yeah, and she becomes you know at some point she does become Black Panther, and Mm -hmm. so I'm curious if we're going to see that in Endgame. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more when we do our Endgame. You know pre episode preview yeah With everyone um, but i just I, I love the fact that they gave sh- the character of shuri her her they gave her ample screen time and they really showed what she was capable of doing and that is so important as you know a, a woman who works in stem it was just so reassuring to see it wasn't a guy behind the switchboard it was her and she, I mean, that the, the scene where she was guiding Martin Freeman's character in the, the, uh, Hello, air, yeah.
0: Well, not only that, I was thinking more of the scene in Infinity War when, you know, uh, Bruce Banner's like, oh, well, this is how we did it. And she's like, well, why didn't you just do it this way? And he's like, cause we didn't think of it. And she's like, well, I'm sure you did your best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's just, like, yeah,
0: I'll, I can fix what you did but it would be way easier if you did it right the first time
1: right yeah and and again like the fact that she's so sassy about it like i just i i love it i love her so much
0: so for number two um and again this is something that i mentioned a couple of times so a lot of times when bands have music videos it's just a standalone type thing However, with The Silver Scream by Ice Nine Kills, they have a series of, similar to what, like, Michael Jackson used to do, they're not music videos, they're short films. Now, I'm not comparing them to Michael Jackson's videos because there's no comparing that. What I am comparing it to is an overarching narrative that, you know, each episode has, you know, for each song, has, you know, repeated characters and lead singer Spencer Sharnes plays himself. And he's, like, living each one of these things, you know. At one point, he's, you know, essentially Freddy Krueger. At another, like, he is the killer in each of these videos. You know, it's, you know, he takes on the persona of the crow, you know, in one of the episodes. It's phenomenal, the story that's being told throughout the entire uh The entire album or the the series of music videos, I should say, because if you just listen to the album while it's really good, there's not an overarching story when you see the silver scream as as, uh, a film the way it's supposed to be. Then you kind of can delve a little more into it, and I think it's done very well, and that's why uh, Spencer Charnas playing himself in this series of music videos is my number two character.
1: So my number two character is also a musician. Um, I, there should be no surprise with, with this choice. It's Lady Gaga as Ali from A Star is Born. Um, obviously, I'm biased. I think she was phenomenal. She deserves the Oscar. If you think she was playing herself, you are completely mistaken and wrong because she was not. Um, she couldn't be further from her character and the prep work that she put into uh, becoming this character and her work with Bradley Cooper. And I kind of want to add Bradley Cooper in with this as well because, God, was he good. He was good. And uh, impressive. And I-, I was not expecting that uh, from him. And, you know, this is his directorial debut. Um, he had Lady Gaga in mind when... You know, creating the role of of Ally, and you know they work together to create this beautiful project that is just so well done and so heartbreaking, but so loving at the same time. And the music that is in the the film is again so different from what Gaga usually does, but she had a hand in like all of the the songwriting um, as well, and. I just thought she did such a good job. Like I, I cried. I loved it. It was, it was, it was beautiful. And the way that she was really able to just kind of strip herself down and become this character is very impressive. And I really hope that she has a flourishing acting career after this.
0: I agree. Uh, that was a phenomenal film. Like we saw it, like right when it opened, it was, it was excellent. So. For number one, I kind of had a multiple-way tie. Uh, we have we have already mentioned this earlier, but uh, probably my favorite character of the year, and again, it's a little bit of a bias, but my favorite character of the year was probably uh, Captain Streeper from Megalodon, played by Dominic Pace. Um, I was very impressed. This was really the first thing that I had ever seen him in. Um, and... He just had this commanding presence about him uh, on stage, uh, on screen the whole time. And the way he interacted with his co-stars, we got to see that not only on the film, but during the interactions that he had with those very same co-stars um, when they joined us for the podcast. Now, a lot of times people say, oh, yeah, we had a great relationship and it was great filming with them. And then, like, they just go their separate ways and you never see them again. But to be able to get everybody together, knowing how busy everybody is, because, I mean, like, unfortunately, we didn't get Amy Stolte on uh due to a, a scheduling conflict. But, you know, she's very busy doing stuff. But we got, you know, Eagle Makitas, who's very, very busy. We got... um Carolyn Harris, who's still working on a lot of different projects. We got Elizabeth Cron, who's working on a lot of different things. And Paulina Laurent, who was starring in another film that was releasing a couple of weeks after the podcast aired. So we had, you know, all of these people were able to say, you know what, yeah, we legitimately had a good time working together, so let's all hang out and talk about how we had such a good time working together and you could see the camaraderie and friendship that had built because even though there was a lot of tension between a lot of these characters on screen and throughout the filming process, they they were able to, you know, build a stronger relationship because of that. So, I mean, I, I, I picked Dominic Pace's character out of all of them. You know, again, no disrespect to anybody, but he and I have had a lot of interactions and, you know we really you know bonded and and you know become friends over through this this experience so it's really really cool and um without giving anything away we will be having Dominic Pace on to talk about uh a pretty awesome fucking project uh later this year as he has promised that we will be the first exclusive interview that he does on this project and I
1: don't even know what it
3: is no I haven't even
0: told ashes she has no idea what I'm talking about but I'm just gonna say people are gonna want to know this it's it's cool and I think the best part of this is is he you know can confide in me and say you know because you hear this all the time it's like oh I can't talk about this film that I'm working on I can't talk about you know this project you know until you know press releases come out you know directors or or writers or whomever starts talking about you know co-stars and the fact that you know i've i've earned his trust means a lot so the last thing i'm going to do is is cause any problems for this but uh we've got a few few folks who are working on some projects that are pretty goddamn cool and you're going to hear about some of them in the feedback section but there's some uh, there's some stuff he will be on. There's a couple of things he wants to talk about uh, based on our conversations that we had. But uh, I'm really looking forward to him. Very excited. And I wish all of, uh, all of the folks that we have on, you know, I know, and I've said it before, we're just, you know, a small show that, you know, we have a little bit of reach and a little bit of, you know, influence. But you know i appreciate everybody coming on and we wish them nothing but the best and we'll do what we can to help promote them so uh so drum roll what is your number one choice who is your best character
1: this should come as no surprise i'm very
0: surprised i'm very shocked (laughs)
1: uh it's emily blunt as mary poppins um if you have not had the opportunity to go out and see it, do it. It is such a great film. It's nostalgia. It's but but like different. Um, Emily Blunt. She she was she was born to play Mary Poppins. She was Mary Poppins in this film. And what I loved was she wasn't trying to be Julie Andrews playing Mary Poppins. She uh, she she was Mary Poppins and. You know, if you enter into watching this film, respecting the first one and loving the first one, but, you know, willing to give this this film a chance on its own, you will not be disappointed. Um, she She was just so wonderful. Like she really was. I can't I can't say enough nice things about it. She was so delightful and cheerful. But everything that you want Mary Poppins to be, that's exactly what she was. And. It was just it, it's a it's a trip down memory memory lane um there are little little nods to you know the the other film um while maintaining the fact that it's its own film um it's just so good guys it's so good. It, I loved it so much
0: it was excellent it reminded me a lot of. When I saw episode seven, like a lot of people were like, oh, they're just rehashing the same beats, but like doing it in a way where it makes it its own. And that's what this movie does. Like, there's a lot of like parallels like, oh, this scene corresponds to this scene.
1: Right. And, you know, there's a lot of fan service. But give me all the fan service. I love fan service. I will, like I said, with American Horror Story, I will eat it up. I fucking love it. But Emily Blunt just, I mean, I can't. You have to see it.
0: Well, it's like you know.
1: You just you you have to see her. Lin Manuel Miranda
0: oh, as and her he was sidekick.
1: Great, I you mean, know, as opposed
0: to Dick Van Dyke.
1: Lin Manuel Miranda, like he he's brilliant. He's magnificent. He's Hamilton. Um, you yeah, know, like he and he, Emily Blunt's singing is so voice. So talented, just. and you know oh. her her voice is beautiful, and she just did such a great job like i i feel like i i can't do like i can't describe it and and do it justice you have to see it and you know just 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 allow yourself to just be engulfed in it and just become one with the film and you know, just completely lose yourself for two hours. And it's just, it was just great. I'm, I'm starting to cry because it was so good. Um, I loved it. I loved it. You know, we all, you guys all know that Mary Poppins has such a place in my heart. Uh, it's my all time favorite movie. Mary Poppins is my all time favorite character. And, um, she just, she just did such a good job with it. She took such care, of of this role, and she knew that this character m- means a lot to to so many people, you know, to, to so yeah, to so many people, and um, you know, she just she just wanted to to do it justice, and she herself loves the character, you know, so it it was th- this movie is it's it's a love letter to the first film, and. You know, uh, Emily Blunt just just played Mary Poppins in that way.
0: Yeah. So I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to share some feedback because we have quite a bit. And uh, then I think we're going to wrap up. So uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun. gun. The pride of PA and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia.
2: Hello. I'm
0: here with Nikki. Hey. Join
6: us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on
3: iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com.
1: Keep on punching! <laughs>
3: Hi,
6: my name is Kurando Mitsuke, director of Gun Woman and Karate the Kill, and you're listening to the Throw Thursday podcast.
3: Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the WizKid, Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Heidily ho there, podcasterinos. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving the Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every... <laughs> so lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid sexy Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com.
1: Patrick Wayho, in the motherfucking house. Patrick Wayho, in the motherfucking house. Patrick Wayho, in the motherfucking house.
2: Patrick Wayho, in, in
0: the motherfucking house. And we are back. Thank you, Wolfie, for playing that song. It's the, uh, the best intro song that we have, I think. Maybe it's just a subject matter. But uh, yeah, so we have uh, quite a bit of feedback for um, for this episode, and I think what I want to do first is we we did get a uh, an e well a direct message on Twitter from uh, one of the somebodies that we do need to have on, and this is from uh, our buddy Adam, and he says, "Hey, this is Adam." So that's a good start. Uh, This is Adam here. Follow me at Adam Gumby. Uh, He's got two new podcasts coming out in the new year. So, Just wanting to say, good job and great show over the past year. Once you guys became somebodies, I learned about the show and have been a weekly listener ever since. Very happy that fate and wrestling brought me to this wonderful podcast. You've had lots of great guests, covered many amazing characters. My personal favorite being the Predator episode. Those dreaded space guys are near and dear to my heart so I loved hearing a show dedicated to them. This year in entertainment has been a marvelous one, and I think three characters stand out to me. I don't usually get emotionally invested or care too deeply about characters in media, but Arthur Morgan and John Marston from Red Dead Redemption 2 legitimately made me give a shit about the, these cowpokes. I already liked John from the first game, but Arthur's story impacted me, and I don't think I, and I don't think I care and like anyone more than him this entire year. The third being miles from into the spider verse. I know that's fresh in our minds, but that movie is one of a kind when it comes to the art style. Holy shit. It's good. And getting to meet and see miles journey was delight. Plus he's a mixed kid like me. So that's bonus points in my mind. Long winded, but wanted to let you guys know how great you've been and looking forward to another year of Throwdown Thursday. So thank you very much.
1: Yes. Thank you. Uh,
0: pretty awesome i'm looking forward to his shows and obviously we're gonna be uh Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. promoting the shit out of his stuff we'll definitely have him on and you know i just want to you know shout out to the somebodies yet again hashtag somebodies you're never alone when you've got somebodies so we've got a few uh well i have
1: i have something from facebook well no i I was gonna ask how
0: you want to how you want to approach okay well
1: let me do the facebook guy real quick
0: yep absolutely and
1: then we can listen to some stuff okay okay so i posted on on the face space you know asking people who their top five characters of 2018 are and ian wallace our buddy from amalgamania Uh, Who
0: showed up for Pacific Rim and Black Panther and then again on Infinity War. The
1: crazy Infinity War episodes. Um, Super knowledgeable Mm -hmm. guy. uh, Comic book nerd. Anything you want to know, he knows it. Um, Anyways, he gave us his list of his top five characters. And they are Wilson Fisk. Oh, yeah. Dick Grayson. Okay. Okay. Uh, I believe that's from Titans. Yep. Um Raymond Reddington.
0: I don't know that one.
1: Uh T'Challa?
0: I know that one.
1: And Black Lightning.
0: I don't know who Raymond Reddington is. I'm unfamiliar with that.
1: I'll have to look it up.
0: Yeah, so well. I mean T'Challa obviously um
1: I have not watched Black Lightning yet.
0: I haven't either, but I'm considering it's, it's subscribing a- to that um the DC Universe.
2: I uh, Just looked it up because I'm unfamiliar too. Raymond Reddington is from the show The Blacklist, played by James Spader.
0: Oh, Red! Yeah, Jesus. Oh, we man. watched the first two seasons of that. Yes, we haven't. I mean, we stopped watching it after a while because we got so engrossed with a bunch of other stuff. But yes, okay. I knew it sounded familiar, but I. It was just I was drawing a complete blank. Yes, Raymond Reddington. That's a good. That's a good call. Yes. So. Yeah, I agree. And Wilson Fisk, especially in Daredevil season three, top notch, top notch. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of of uh, Vincent D'Onofrio playing that character. He was he was good in that. So, um, so yeah, we've got a couple of voicemails. Um, who do you want to go to first? How about uh, since we teased it last week, we can play uh, best darn diddly since we already started that. So let's uh let's listen to miles
3: hello everyone it's miles aka Mr most days off here first of all to wish each and every one of you a very happy new year but more importantly I am here today to talk directly to both ashes and even more so patty cakes I love you ashes I'm so glad that you uh that you've come into the fold but I still remember so fondly the day that I received an email from Patrick Rayhall, and it was the cutest damn thing just because of how formal it was. He was listening to my podcast, The Best Darn Diddley Review Show, which is a weekly Simpsons podcast for all of you that don't know, and it is available at com. that's D-I-D-D-L-Y. Patrick was apparently a listener of our program who had also started a podcast with the lovely Ashes Vaughn Nightmare, Throwdown Thursday, a character evaluation show. And I remember getting this email at the best darn deadly email account. And again, uh, it was just so adorable because of how formal it was. And anyone who knows me knows that I'm very not formal, but this was a properly structured, like, business fucking email. Like, this dude was like, hello, I I, I should read it, but I'm not. I'm just going to paraphrase it. It'll be more fun this way. It's like, hello, uh, my name is Patrick Rayhall. I'm a big fan of your show, and I love The Simpsons and all this good stuff. Uh, and he went on to invite us onto his podcast, your guys' podcast, the Throwdown Thursday podcast, which is such a good show and one that I've been on twice now and have had so much fun being a part of but just uh patsy's patsy's email i just still remember so fondly and i think my response was like dope dude that sounds like fun i'd love to be on your show and also have you on mine one day uh and this turned into a now friendship that i'm just so happy to uh have in my life just because uh patsy is i'm sorry it's gonna go into patty cakes now it's done being formal Patty Cakes has just been such a, a good dude, and I'm so glad that he reached out with that email because, man, what a difference did it make in 2018. Through that reaching out, that bold choice that you chose to make, sir, you come into the fold and... And within, I think, like a couple of months, we turned that coalition of friends into something uh, slightly more real, at least. We have now started the Some Buddies podcast network. And all of that started because we became Some Buddies, and all of us collectively, I mean. But again, I'm just so happy that you emailed out that day. Not only have I had a great time, uh being on the podcast with you and Ashes that uh, uh such a cool show and a fun twist on the way you guys do things by taking the perspective of the character uh instead of the the show like we do it's a it's almost like a perfect uh, companion show to each other in a lot of ways especially when we talk about Ralph Wiggum uh but yeah just uh again so glad that that happened and so glad to have gotten to know both of you over this last year uh what a great bunch of people you are and uh just so so glad that happened however on to more pressing circumstances on to more pressing matters i should say whatever i'm doing this earlier in the morning than i normally record i'm a little groggy uh it's fine so you have a debate out right now for this episode coming hot off the hills of Hans Gruber just a week ago and frankly sir in now 2019 how are we still talking about if Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not of course Die Hard is a fucking Christmas movie what are you new the entire movie takes place on Christmas day the entire soundtrack is nothing but Christmas music it's Bad guys being shot in machine guns wrapped up in Christmas lights. And, yeah, just the fact that we still have people in this day and age that don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie just bends my brains in a way that I I don't feel comfortable with. Uh, And, I mean, if you want further proof, let's move on to Die Hard 2, Die Harder, Christmas Harder. It's even more Christmas, even more snow. In fact, it has snow. That's the one thing that Die Hard is missing as a Christmas movie is snow. And you know what? I'm sure there's a snow globe on one of the desks in that Nak- Nakatomi Tower. So uh yeah, Die Hard, 100% a Christmas movie. With that, again, can't tell you guys how much I love you. Patsy, love you. Ashes, love you. Congratulations on bringing the Throwdown Thursday podcast into the new year, and I cannot wait to come back and be a part of the show, and I cannot wait to have Patsy back on the Best Darn Diddly Review Show and Ashes on for the first time whenever we can get that scheduled. You guys be good. Happy New Year to everyone out there listening to this show. And again, thank you so much for making that first step to becoming part of the Somebody's Podcast Network. And until next time, be cromulent to each other.
1: <laughs>
0: so thank you very much, Miles. Like he's so cute, and and it, it's true. Like you know, you know, like I mentioned like earlier in the show. Now this is one of the few. Voicemails I did not get a chance to listen to, so it did not influence what I was saying earlier. Because um, I usually listen to the voicemails prior to, prior to, uh, just to make sure that you know they sound coherent and Miles wasn't hitting the mushrooms or anything like that. But
1: which he does often. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah,
0: you know. Uh, it's actually the uh, merciless peppers of Quetzal hmm Yeah. Um it's true like you know all of these things came out because of an email and had I know it was had I known it was going to be so informal I probably you know would have uh structured my email a little differently
1: um I do remember when you found uh bestard dinlate though because you were so excited that you had found a Simpsons podcast an entire podcast dedicated to your all-time favorite show and you were like these guys are great they break down each episode which is something that you enjoy doing you know because you've seen every episode god I don't even know how many times um you know, when we first started dating, I was a, a casual Simpsons fan. Like I was born in the eighties, so obviously Bart Mania was happening. I am I'm, I'm familiar with the Simpsons. I know who they are. I've seen a few episodes. Um Patrick was like, No, we have to watch all of them.
0: So well, yeah, that's just the way it works. And
1: so we did. We watched every single Simpsons episode, starting with the first one. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I have a lot of the DVD sets, but not as many as I would like. You know, because there are some that haven't come out yet, and there are some that I just don't have.
1: But we we watched a lot, a lot, and we continue to watch a yeah. lot. Of, FXX. Of yeah, FXX Simpsons, every Simpsons ever. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it's and, and they're just so fun. They're so fun. I love listening to people who you can tell that they're friends. You can tell that they enjoy each other's company. Um, you know, not not like our show at all. Nope. I hate you. Get out. Ah! I'll see you at home. Okay, bye. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was uh, September 26, 2017 is when I sent that wow. first email to Miles. So it took a couple months, but we eventually got, got to be on the show. So, Um. We do have an email from, I mean, not an email, I'm sorry, a voicemail, and I know this one has some questions in it, so I don't know if we want to save this for last. Um, no, let's do we'll it now. Do let's do it. Do it. Let's let's do it. Do we it. have some do questions from our, our very dear friend, who we have not had on the show yet, but has suggested some stuff for us, uh, our
6: good buddy, first time Mike
0: so Wolfie if we can cue that one up that's a good one
6: what's up Throwdown Thursday Podcast this is your pal first time Mike Uh, got a little time during a busy holiday uh, weekend in the the grocery business just wanted to shoot you guys a uh, hearty happy holidays Merry Christmas Happy New Years whatever everybody holds dear to their hearts Uh, wishing you all the best I got uh, some holiday questions for you uh, for ashes, uh, my question is this What is a good wine to pair with like uh, your desserts? Because you know, uh, you make a lot of cakes and cookies and uh, a lot of delicious things. What's a good wine uh, when you just want to curl up with some cookies uh, and you want to get drunk at the same time? What's a good <laughs> wine to pair with it? And I uh, got a question for Patsy. Uh, Patsy, uh, my question is this for you uh santa claus existing at the north pole would there be a way if there's a was a thermal vent a la something like in uh like iceland with the thermal uh, vents would you be uh santa be able to run a workshop in an area there and still survive you know if you, if you want to go by reality and all so those are my questions for you to that uh today I'd like to wish everybody listening all the best in the upcoming new year. Hope all is well with you all. And this is first time Mike wishing you all a good night, a good day, and goodbye, Asian Nicole, wherever you are. Bye.
0: (laughs) So you want to go first, or do you need to think about
1: it? Um, No, as soon as he asked, I I knew. I know. so first of all, thank you for the question. First time, Mike, we love you. He's so nice. He's so sweet. Um, one of our Favorite listeners, Um, although all of our listeners are my favorite listeners. You're all my favorite. Congratulations. Um, But anyways, so a wine that pairs best with desserts. So you don't want something sweet. You're going to want something that's going to kind of bring out the sweetness of your desserts. Uh, Something that's going to kind of uh, refresh your palate a little bit in between desserts um you're going to want prosecco actually a nice prosecco uh some prosecco has a little bit of a sweetness to it but most of them have like kind of like a uh they they hit the bitterness like the the bitter taste buds on your tongue um and the bubbles like the carbonation of a of a sparkling wine of a prosecco um, it kind of gives it like this uh, this dryness that really enhances the flavors of your desserts. So you don't want something sweet that's going to kind of muddle the flavors of your desserts. You want something that's really going to bring out the flavors of your desserts. For instance, uh, we had a company party um, a couple weeks ago. And somebody brought in this super sweet, very delicious, but uh, emphasis on on the super sweet. Um, It's called like peanut butter lasagna.
0: It's called diabetes in a bowl.
1: Pretty much like it's very peanut buttery. It had like a nutter butters and custard and... uh, peanut butter cups and all of these other, I mean, I had a little bit of it because like I said, it was very, very sweet. Um, but it was delicious and I really enjoy peanut butter. So, you know, there's that. I had a little bit of Prosecco with it and it paired so nicely. So yeah, any, any, any like dry sparkling white wine, but I highly recommend Prosecco.
0: So, for my question, um, as far as Santa goes, in order to create enough energy to power your your uh, your workshop, thermal vent would be okay, um, but I don't know the tectonics for as far as the North Pole goes. I'm not sure exactly what the logistics of that would be. What I would recommend... To Power Santas Workshop is a combination solar and wind farm because, as you know, in the Arctic Circle, it is daylight for just six months straight. You know, depending on where your workshop is located exactly, the tilt of the, uh, of the Earth's axis, depending on where you go, you can get, you know, more than that. But I would hook up a bunch of solar panels and into some sort of, like, storage battery. Uh, I'm not quite an engineer, so I don't really know the logistics of it. But, you know, that'd be great for the six months of the year that it's not there. So you would have, like, this reserve power. Because you will have to sleep. You know, things aren't going... Well, probably Santa's got stuff going in shifts. Um, So I would definitely do, you know, some sort of... Uh, storage to you know the generators um maybe generate some type of fuel using uh the burning of methane through you know the uh reindeer manure uh but also wind farms because there's no um there really aren't any tall structures the wind kind of just whips across the uh the ice so i would say go with uh go with that you know because it's you know you're gonna have sunlight for half the year, but the other half you're not, so you'd need some way of you know maintaining your energy so I'd say a solar farm and a wind farm plus it's environmentally friendly that way you wouldn't have to uh resort to uh lighting mastodon flatulence as your source of heat um because so, you know also nothing really grows there uh that's that's what I would go with that's my my choice so all right, we have uh what do we got left? 4 over there, Wolfie. All right. Let's go with uh our buddy Justin Cooper cuz I didn't hear this one either. So let's let's hear from our buddy
6: Justin Cooper. Hello, Throw It On Thursday Podcast. This is your old friend, Justin. And Rachel. And we are big fans of your show. I just wanted to say, such a great year this year. I was super excited to hear all the shows, from the Universal Monster specials to that giant Megalodon special. That was amazing. You guys blow me away. You've exposed me to things like what we do in Shadows, which I never would have found without you. I mean, your recent shows, you talked about Buddy the Elf, and you talked about Bert. Such great character work, and I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much, guys. Continue doing what you're doing. You do great. Great stuff! You're my favorite podcast. Happy holidays, and have a great day! Bye, guys. Nice, thank you, thank you you for including uh,
0: the young ones, getting them caught up, and I hope, uh, hope we don't use too strong a language sometimes when uh, dealing with kids.
2: They can just listen to the Kirby episode over and over. Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) That's true too. Um, well, and
1: Justin has a podcast too. Justin versus Justin, Justin yes. with an I versus Justin with an E, and he
0: did uh, join us for that gigantic Infinity War crossover very yes, quickly. Yes, yes, um,
1: and uh, you can find Justin versus Justin on YouTube.
0: Yes, you can, and it uh, it also airs every Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, because a lot of times we're not able to listen to it because we're recording. Right. So we have to go back later. But,
1: yeah, but we always follow up.
0: Yes. Um, Let's see. Let's go with... um, We did get a nice message from a couple of the Megalodon folks. So let's go with uh, Carolyn Harris.
1: Hi, Patrick and Ashes. This is Caroline Harris, maybe better known as Captain Lynch from Megalodon, calling in to say happy holidays to you guys. It was really, really great to be on your podcast. I cannot believe it's been six months since we talked about the making of Megalodon and all that went down behind the scenes. Um, And it was a great time. Uh, Next up for me is something from a completely different genre. I'm starring in a rom-com called 30 Days to Kick-Ass Love, which is currently in post-production and should be released in summer of 2019. So I'm looking forward to that um but until then happy holidays to you and your listeners and i'm really looking forward to keeping in touch take care
0: yeah she's very very nice i uh give her a follow on instagram and uh that sounds
1: interesting a rom-com
0: yeah we we we're interesting we're uh we're we're hammering out some negotiations to have her on to help promote that awesome um we also
2: I prefer you, Zomcoms, personally. Ooh,
0: like uh, <laughs> like Shaun of the Dead or uh, Warm yeah, Bodies? Yeah, yes. exactly. Let's go with uh, Amy Stolte, because she just sent this in um, last night, and I listened to it. She's got some interesting projects coming up that I think would make for some interesting episodes. So let's uh, listen to what she has to say.
5: Hey, what's up, Patrick and Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is Amy Stolte here from Megalodon. I played Yana Popov, Uh, the big old shark movie from Asylum Pictures, sci-fi original movie, premiered on the Sci-Fi Network in August and was the number one watched show on cable that night. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Directed by the amazing James Thomas, Uh, It is now available on DVD as well as on Amazon. So please, if you haven't, go check it out. It's well worth your time. It's by the Sharknado, guys. You'll have a blast. Uh, As far as other projects going on, in summer of 2019, you will be able to see Fear Farm, which is a horror Sprinkled with some comedy um, I play the character Gemma uh, I won't get into too much detail about it It's directed by Dante Yor Produced by Howard Bird and Mark S. Allen And it's a lot of fun I think everyone's going to really enjoy this horror film um, So, And I got to work with the incredible John Littlefield Who was my co-star on it um, Gee, what a, just an incredible experience So stay tuned for that in summer 2019. As well, I just finished a film uh, with the writer director Glenn Danzig, who, if you don't already know, is the lead singer of The Misfits. So let me tell you, <laughs> I can't get into too much now, but working with such an icon was just an out of body, out of mind kind of experience. Um, Yeah, and I hope to share some fun behind the scenes stuff with you guys in the future. Uh, So that we should be able to stay tuned for in 2019 as well. Uh, And then I've got a couple projects in the works right now for the new year. Uh, One is called the Lucidrin Experiment, which is this really intense, really twisty turvy psychological thriller uh which I'm headlining I'm going to play the character of Jenny it is written and directed by Mark Schwab um so again can't get into too much about that but I'm very excited to get that project started and off the ground uh a couple other things in the works as well um but very happy to tune in here real quick with everyone at the Throwdown Thursday podcast and I hope everyone has an amazing amazing holiday and i'll talk to you all in the new year.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm 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 excited. I first of all that horror film sounds amazing and we love horror here at Throwdown Thursday so i'm so excited for that. Um hello Glenn Danzig. Right. I love the Misfits. Love the Misfits and um he, yeah that i i cannot wait to hear all about that
0: it's like when i hear rob zombies directing a film like you know it's gonna have like really interesting um takes on things but the lucidrin experiment is something that like you know i had known about uh because she had mentioned it a while ago and it sounds really interesting um uh, but yeah we again she's another one that we we unfortunately didn't get a chance to have on but we are definitely talking about you know, she and I are trying to hammer something out for the summer. So we have, uh, one more voicemail and this is from, um, another Megalodon star, Ego Makitas, who, uh, you know, again, like with the rest of these folks, we've been keeping in touch. And, you know, even if, again, even if sometimes just like a like on social media or like a quick comment on, you know, like an Instagram picture or something, um, it's really cool. And, He's got some interesting stuff to say. So, uh, Wolfie, if you please.
4: Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Patrick and everyone who can hear it. Uh, let's talk about Megalodon. Ego Megiddo here. I played Captain Ivanov in this movie. And a uh, few months passed after release. And in January, I love this year. It was such a year for me. Seven more acting credits. And I believe that Megalodon is the best feature for me in 2018 because I was given an opportunity to use my acting skills and spirit for such a character as Captain Ivanov, the commander of Russian sub, performing a secret mission. You know, nowadays every second second action movie should have a Russian villain, but I believe I was able to show some human being features of my character, and my team member, played by Amy Stolt, nailed the rest of concern by simply reminding to everyone we are soldiers. We do follow orders, whatever that orders are. And being good soldier does not equal to be a villain. Megalodon do have genuine Russian characters, played by genuine Russian, and it makes the story more delicious and believable. Megalodon shows real Russians in real fuck-up situations, so it may be a good example for big movie makers that certain things should not be faked, especially if genuine cause the same. A Megalodon also an example of another genius things I use for production. There is no green screens. All interiors and exteriors are as real as possible. Real U.S. Navy ship, real Russian submarine, real U.S. Navy sub. I personally was shocked that these things are available are and are in such a good condition. A Megalodon compared to many action movies do have a story and. Uh, the story development is unpredictable, so you may not know how it will end up until the last five minutes. And during the time passed after release, it has proven to be a very good show. And story uh, is about current world situations. The main question will still remain for some time, for independently thinking people, of course, but on Earth. What are Russians and Americans fighting for? We do not even have mainland borders for the sake of facts. We do not have religious conflicts. We do have same family values. We are both multinational countries and we are both well-developed states who will survive alone if needed. And the answer is there are, there are politicians who create tensions and propaganda, working for the benefits of businesses, those tied up with military infrastructure. There are many people who endlessly making fortune on blood and military expenses. So effectively, most of the issues between Americans and Russians are made up, and the rest are not so critical to die for. Well, it was absolute pleasure to work uh, with the whole Megalodon team, and my personal shout goes to Dominic Pace as an extraordinary counterpart, Caroline Harris, my charming enemy, and to all fantastic crew led by our director James Thomas. And, of course, Michael Madsen, the berry on the top of the cake, and he is well-deserved to be there. Finally, I would like to send best festive wishes to all sci-fi fans, shark movie lovers, and if you do love the Megalodon, please kick an asylum studio for continue the story of the series. I already actually have an idea for a very powerful prequel, and as far Sharknado officially wrapped, Megalodon may take a chance to thrill you for a few more years. Best wishes in 2019, Merry Christmas and all the best guys. I think he brings up a lot of
6: good
0: points about the history of uh, hostility between the US and Russia, uh especially for someone who has lived in both places. So, and that he did bring up something that was, you know, um that he brought up during the the interview on on the show where it's so nice having someone who actually is Russian and can speak in a Russian accent play a Russian on TV or in a movie. And I have to say, I really like the idea of Megalodon becoming a franchise.
1: Yeah, I mean, something needs to take over for the Sharknado franchise, seeing as it is finished.
0: And they've already done a bunch of... uh, um, how many more heads can you put on a shark? This like they've, is true. They've gotten up to six, I this think. Very
1: true. I think a prequel uh, to Megalodon would be very interesting.
0: Yeah, like what were these guys doing right. to get into this position? So right. I agree, especially bring back the same cast. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would definitely be, be down for that. Um, but I want to just you know thank everybody for for leaving the voicemails and reaching out to us you know through Facebook or through Twitter or. You know, uh, sharing their thoughts on the different different uh, topics that we've discussed throughout the year. So it's not just not just for this show, but for for everything that we've done this year. And we're looking forward to, you know, this coming year. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that, like when you guys are listening to this, it's already 2019, but it's not 2018. It's 2018 right now. Um. So yeah. Um. I'm a. I'm a big proponent of, you know, catering the show towards what people want to hear. So we're going to have a lot of new guests this year, a n- lot of new topics. We're going to be covering some things that we haven't covered. Uh, one of the things that I know, Ash, uh, Ashes you're on board with, is covering historical figures that have been portrayed various ways in film and other media, mm-hmm. kind of giving...
1: Uh, kind of like a did this really happen or what has been like you know because had hollywood glitter sprinkled all all over it
0: as they say history is written the history books are written by the winners Mm -hmm. so you know take saving mr banks for example was pl travers really that difficult to work with and was walt disney really that nice of a guy nope no and that's our show no uh (laughs) So, like, there's different things. Like, there are some characters I want to cover. uh, Like, uh, ching Shi, the prostitute-turned-pirate queen, who is fucking amazing. Like, that's a character I'd like to cover, and it's just, sometimes it's easier to just be like, oh, well, we are covering this character from a movie, so it's easier to watch a two-hour movie than it is to do two weeks of research. Uh, Because who has the time for that? But, we're going to make an effort to do that more. We're going to get some folks return because we want to support everybody's projects. Um, we're going to do a little, little more as far as like series of things go. And we're actually going to be starting that, um, right off the bat because our next two episodes are going to be in preparation for the third film in, uh, M Night Shyamalan's trilogy, uh, culminating in the upcoming film glass so next week we are going to be joined by one potentially two guests um maybe even a third i haven't hammered that out yet um we're going to be discussing elijah price and david dunn played respectively by samuel l jackson and bruce willis in the m night Shyamalan film unbreakable and then the following week, we're going to be di- we're going to be discussing James McAvoy's characters characters. Yeah, there's from, like twelve of them. Yeah, from Hedwig to the Beast, uh, in 2016's Split. Because all of these characters feature prominently in Glass, so we're very much looking forward to that. And uh, that's going to be like really the beginning of you know, our, our, our series, like if there's a big, big movie coming out, you know, we're going to try to cover, you know, as many characters. We're going to do that for game of Thrones. We have some interesting guests lined up for our game of Thrones shows.
1: I'm so excited for these game of Thrones episodes, guys. Not super excited that the, the series is ending. And from what I've heard, we're all going to be so freaking heartbroken. Yes. Um. So just, you know, start stocking up on tissues now but yeah i'm i'm very eager to delve into some of these characters a bit more and you know talk about a bunch of stuff
0: yeah i mean
1: so many things we have so many things happening in 2019 like i said i really think that our best shows are what we are going to be doing this year
0: and uh of course about a year from about 11 months from now, we're going to have to do a nice big Star Wars extravaganza for episode 9.
1: Star Wars!
0: Star Wars! Wing, wing. Listen to my tauntaun Yay. call. Rubble, rubble, rubble. rubble, 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 rubble.
1: rubble, rubble. So. Um. But yeah, I, I think that we have a lot of really awesome stuff coming up, so thank you guys for sticking with us throughout 2018. We hope that you are looking forward to 2019 as much as we are, and we hope that you will continue to stick with us.
0: And on that note, we will we'll see, see you, you next, next Thursday),
5: Thursday. <laughs>